What is going on, guys? It's your host, Michael Hall, back with another Alligator Sports podcast. Uh, Can't wait for this one. Really, really good interview with Kyle Wood, a former member of the Alligator. Kyle served basically every position imaginable at the Alligator. He was editor-in-chief, sports editor, and now he is working as a fantasy and betting writer at Sports Illustrated. So he comes on the podcast to talk about the start of the NBA season, interesting storylines, teams to look out for, um, give some picks for end of the year, bets that could be made, assuming you're listening to this in a state where betting is legal. And yeah, it's an awesome show and can't wait to can't wait to get into it. Let's ride. Taking a look at the last week in the Gator Nation, Florida football hosted the LSU Tigers on Saturday and lost 45-35 to in a back-and-forth offensive shootout. Quarterback Anthony Richardson continues to kind of find his way back to where he was during the Utah game in Week 1, throwing for 185 yards, running for 109, and scoring two touchdowns in the loss. Uh, Florida Volleyball continued its successful season with wins over Mississippi State on Friday and Saturday, both wins being 3-0 sweeps. Women's Cross Country placed third out in College Station last weekend in the Arturo Berrios Invite, while women's soccer tied Kentucky 1-1. And now, here's my interview with Kyle Wood. Kyle, thank you so much for joining the Alligator Sports Podcast. Welcome back. Your return to the Alligator now that you are a big-time adult graduate out in the world, killing it at Sports Illustrated. How are you doing? Good, good. Thanks for uh, having me back, Michael. Always uh, make time for my Alligator uh, crew, Alligator Sports staff. Of course. I mean, you were the editor-in-chief when I was first hired to to cover the golf team. Kind of come full circle. It's fun. Makes me feel old. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me feel old. That was two years ago. It's crazy. We wanted to have you on to kind of talk the start of the NBA season, obviously getting kicked off. This will come out tomorrow. It's getting kicked off on Tuesday night um, and full slate getting underway on Wednesday. Um, kind of go into some of the ma- major season storylines, teams to look out for, players to watch as you are, fantasy and betting writer for Sports Illustrated. Maybe give us some. Um, you know, some kind of sneaky value picks. If, you, Of course, if you're in a state listening to this, that it's legal to gamble. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, that's that's important uh, to denote. But yeah, Michael, I've been um, doing like prep work for uh, NBA preview stuff for the last couple of weeks now, uh, doing like awards, over-unders, championship picks, uh, and doing some daily picks uh, this week just with the start of the season. Um as you said, I mean, as far as storyline goes, storylines go, I think the biggest thing is just players coming back who we didn't see at all last season. Of course, Zion um, coming back, didn't see him. And he's rejoining a really good Pelicans team that gave uh, the Sun some trouble. The way that we kind of talked about them this offseason, you would have thought they they won the finals and not just uh, two games <laughs> off the Suns. But I do really like that Pelicans team adding Zion into the fold. If we get the version of him that we saw two years ago or anything close to that, uh, it's going to be a great team. 
out West, uh, Jamal Murray rejoining the Nuggets, uh, not to spoil anything, but the, I am very, very high on the Nuggets um, this season. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. back as well, and the back-to-back MVP, Nikola Jokic. Uh, who else do we have coming back? Uh, ben Simmons, of course. You know, ben Simmons, if you want to just get into that, I was going to ask you about Zion and the Pelicans too, um, but yeah. kind of, you kind of covered that because that's a really strong team. You get, if you assuming you get a healthy Zion, he's looked good. He's looking skinny. He's looking in shape. So we'll see. But you have Brandon Ingram there. You have mm-hmm. CJ McCollum there. You have a lot of really talented guys up and down that roster. Uh, obviously, I was I was in New Orleans this summer, and the Saints and Pelicans share a facility. So it's cool kind of being around that. There's definitely a buzz around that team. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to just get into Ben Simmons right now, because he's ah. coming back. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, I at this point, I think I, I have to say, I think Simmons has almost become underrated just the way the discourse on him has shifted so much. I mean, he was an all NBA guy uh, last time we we really saw him. Of course, his last time on the court uh, was uh, not his finest moment uh, in the league, but he's still a great defender and he's not going to be asked to even be the two on this team. He's going to be asked to um maybe fill in what some people have called like the Draymond green role, kind of just, you know, defending, screening, passing, handling the ball, and just kind of letting the great players around him be great. Brooklyn is always going to be a wild card because of how little really we've seen of Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons in the last year, whether injuries uh, or <laughs> other reasons that the, uh, the those players were, were not active. I still am kind of high on the Nets, though, because I just think the l- last time that we kind of saw a healthy version of this team when they had James Harden that first year that they, they traded for him, it was a, it was about a 51 team. And I think maybe Simmons, Simmons is not what Harden what Harden is, and, and especially as an offensive force. But I, I think Kevin Durant has kind of got embarrassed in the, in that Nets series, and I think the Nets are going to be coming for uh, after a rocky offseason, had the trade request, didn't even know that their odds were shooting up and down kind of <laughs> all offseason as, as uh, rumors kind of flew around. But they're starting the season with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Ben Simmons, and there's something to be said for that. It's probably a 50-win team. No, absolutely. I think that whole trade request scenario was crazy because it was one minute. It looked like Kevin Durant was gone. And the next two is Nope, I'm committed to this team. I'm here. Let's do it. Obviously we'll see how much Kyrie Irving is on the floor. That's been an issue for him. Obviously health has been an issue for KD Ben Simmons as well. Um, but Simmons is a guy that can really guard all five positions on the floor. Um, and he will, he'll take the best, offensive player on the other team and he can hang with them at least defensively speaking um and they've got a lot of talent up and down this roster behind them too i mean you look at seth curry you look at joe harris if those guys can kind of step into their roles too i agree that should easily be a 50 win team would you say they would be the favorites in the east or do you have your eye on I like I like Milwaukee. I think that they're the team to beat. And I just think that if Chris Middleton doesn't get hurt, uh, this isn't too bold of a take. I think they beat the Celtics. I mean, that they just pretty much Giannis and and Drew and Bobby Portis um, took the Eastern Conference champs to to seven games. And I think Milwaukee would have gotten by Miami and probably Golden State. Just very, very few teams have an answer for Giannis. And he's also my MVP pick. I think he's coming for his third. Uh, just had really his best offensive season of his career last year. Probably gets up over the 30-point 
um, per game mark this season. And, you know, he's also a defensive player of the year candidate. He's not my pick for the award, but just being an MVP candidate and a defensive player of the year candidate kind of, you know, that, that just tells you what his standing in the league is. And I mean, three MVPs kind of puts you in uh, rare air. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I think the Bucks should be the team to beat. Um, the odds I'm looking at right now from FanDuel have the Bucks as the number one team as with the best odds to win the title at plus 550. The Boston Celtics are right there at plus 600. They had their own drama this offseason. Uh, we won't get into all of that. What do you think of them as just as a roster? Yeah, I, I really like this Boston team. I liked it a little bit more uh, this summer right after the the Brogdon acquisition, he had, a, he played well in, in, in their debut of uh, win against uh, Philadelphia. Um, Gallinari not, don't have him. He's, he's down, uh, out for the year. And Robert Williams is a big piece that the Celtics are without to start the season, which I think kind of makes it even more uh, impressive that they did beat Philadelphia with a big presence down low and, and Embiid. So, you know, going to put a little bit more on, uh, of course, the Gator Al Horford uh, um, get, getting up there in, in years, but he still gave, the Celtics a great, great uh, postseason run, really, you know, just defending other bigs in the, in the East. And that's important in a, in a conference with uh, it's home to uh, both Giannis and Embiid. I also like Tatum as he, he's not my MVP pick, but he, I think he's a good value bet at, at somewhat longer odds than, than you're going to see Luka, Giannis, uh, Jokic, uh, Kevin Durant even uh, had a great debut, really had his kind of coming out party last season. And he's still, still so young. You know, the Tatumia 21 uh, joke are a couple of years dated now. He's still, what, 24 years old and and kind of, you know, went toe-to-toe at, at times with Steph Curry and the Warriors uh, in the finals and really showed up in some big games, especially against Milwaukee uh, and uh, against the Nets in that uh, surprising, still surprising first-round sweep. Yeah, still surprising is definitely, definitely true. That that Boston team is really interesting because I feel like there was this discord around them um, that Tatum and Jalen Brown would not be able to, like, mix long term that one of them had to be the alpha but that hasn't really seemed to be the case i know uh tatum went on jj reddick's podcast i think it was like six months to a year ago now and kind of talked about that whole situation and was like we both just want a ball um mm-hmm. so obviously both still super young guys we'll see if that can continue but i agree i think tatum's odds to win mvp should probably be better than they are just with how great of a scorer he is and with still just how young he is it's crazy. Um, kind of shifting to the West, looking mm-hmm. at the Warriors, obviously they're reloaded, ready to go yet again. Steph Curry, another year older. Um, they're going for their fifth title in the last eight years. I mean, they get James Wiseman back healthy. Um, they Clay continues to progress back to health. Jordan Poole just signed a big extension. What do you what do you see from this Golden State roster? I think I, I, they're the rightful favorites. Uh, uh, I, I know it sort of depends on on, on where you look, um, but uh, at uh, SI Sportsbook, they just kind of the Celtics fell behind them as uh, um, and the Warriors are, are now the favorites. And I think that's I, I think that kind of should have been the case all summer. They are they didn't necessarily reload. I mean, they, they brought in a couple guys, Dante DiVincenzo, Joel Green, but that's not why uh, they're 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 up there and the odds are up there because of Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins, Kevon Looney uh, played awesome in, in that finals. He was really big for them. And they have the younger guys coming up behind them, James Wiseman, Jonathan Kaminga. This is a very, very deep team with 
awesome top end talent and they can defend, which, you know, you can say that about very few uh, teams in the NBA. And now this uh, something that Clay Thompson was saying a lot this uh, this summer, I saw Steve Kerr kind of mention as well. This is going to be this team might be even better than last year. You get Clay Thompson a year after the injury. They didn't have James Wiseman at all for last season. Even if he's not, doesn't live up to uh, his draft uh, billing, he's uh, overqualified backup center for Looney and he could come into his own this season. Poole coming off the bench as the most overqualified six man in the league. He'd start on 29 other teams that don't have uh, the two best shooters uh, in in the league. And, and you know, of course the, the best of all time. So, I mean, I, I am high on the Warriors. I'm definitely uh, over on their win total. They're not my pick uh, to come out of the West. I guess we'll get into that uh, a, a little bit later, but um, yeah, Golden State, another, another great, uh, great team. I uh, don't know if they get uh, their, their, their fifth title within the, in the Curry area, Curry era, but it's pro- probably a good bet that still. <laughs> yeah. They'll definitely be in the mix at the end. Um, before we get off the Warriors, Steph's MVP odds are currently at plus 1300 on the SI sports book. That's lower than guys like John Morant, the aforementioned Tatum. Obviously he's older than those guys. Obviously there's probably more mouths to feed in that offense. What do you think of those odds? Is that for someone who maybe listening, who just loves Steph Curry fell in love with basketball because of <laughs> Steph Curry, which I feel like is a whole generation of now. Um, what do you think of plus 1300 on his MVP odds? Yeah. I, I mean, I think a lot of it depends on kind of the minutes that, that Steph plays and, and I mean, not necessarily like load management, but or kind of like more like in-game load management, how hard they, they are kind of do ride him, uh, in the regular season, how much they really need to with, uh, like pool kind of being able to run the show in that second unit. I don't love, uh, just be, like like betting Curry to win MVP, he it is there might be some value there because as you said, he does have longer odds, and Golden State just might be the one seed in the West this season. So, I think some of the credit uh, of Curry, of course, Curry kind of is a straw that stirs the drinking in, in Golden State and it, in Golden State, and he does get all the credit as as uh, deservingly so. But I think this is really just a, more of a complete team where a player like Luka Doncic or, or Nikola Jokic is really kind of carrying them in almost a Russ, Russell Westbrook, James Hardy, and like, like style, that heliocentric style of basketball that we've seen kind of really work for, uh, you know, winning the MVP. That's kind of been a great recipe uh, the last uh, four years with Giannis back-to-back, Jokic back-to-back. Yeah, absolutely. And then I mentioned John Morant beforehand. He's one of these younger guys that is just coming up and the league is just full of them now. Um, and Jaws only 23 pretty sure Zion just turned 23 as well. Like, which is crazy to say that <laughs> these guys are just one year older than me. That makes me feel kind of bad about myself, but we'll move <laughs> on from that. Um, who are the some of these young guys that maybe aren't on the radar of common, just like general basketball fans, so like not your John Morant's, not your Zion's, but maybe a guy entering his second or third year that you have your eye on to kind of make that leap to the next level. Yeah, well, that, that kind of opens up the door for me to talk. My my pick for most improved player is Tyrese Maxey. He's the third uh, banana in, in Philadelphia. He had an awesome, awesome postseason. Had that really big, uh, I think, like 35, 36-point game in, in, in Philly's first game in the playoffs, kind of like Jordan Poole had his um, first game in the playoffs, like kind of coming out party. Uh, so he's my pick. He's got, uh, it's a little bit of a value. I think the um, favorites, again, depends on where you look. I've seen Anthony Edwards, 
um, up there. And again, a great player. He's, he's kind of in that John Morant range already as, as he's not so much of a sleeper. I mean, he's the favorite to win the award. Uh, also seen Tyrese Halliburton up there for most improved uh, kind of could be in a great stats, uh, bad team situation uh, in, in Indiana, maybe flirt with like a, like a, almost a 20 and 10 average. I mean, he is, he's really uh talented uh, uh, playmaker, but yeah, Maxi is my pick. He was one of the best three point shooters in the league last year, which I don't think people really think of uh, when, when, when you mention his name, you kind of think of him just really flying up the court while Harden and Embiid are, are two of the uh, more methodical pl- players in the league. And, and that, uh, kind of goes against their style that doesn't necessarily clash with it but I, I think Maxi is really gonna um shock some people this season and again he's my pick to win the award yeah I mean Maxi um yeah the SI odds are plus 2500 those are the same as Jalen Green and worse than Shea Gilgis Alexander um so he's definitely the value pick there um I like that a lot Anthony Edwards is just he's the favorite for the award I would say going into this year um, he's a guy that could be on that just upper echelon level by season's mm-hmm. end. Uh, and he's yeah. an A-list actor now, which is, <laughs> if you haven't watched yeah. the Netflix film Hustle, he was objectively great in that movie, I think. But yeah, he he was he was a uh, perfect villain. But I, I I think some of the um sort of feedback to John Morant winning the award after he had kind of come on as a star, he just made such a big leap. I mean, I didn't have as big of a problem as, as I saw some other people kind of have with, with job getting that award almost as like a um, some people may have uh, thought it was like disrespectful that he was already this established star. But I mean, going from 19 points to 27 points a game like that, that is a huge leap. Once you get into the 20 point uh, per game uh, average, like, like range, it's really hard to to have like a leap like that. So I think maybe some just that general sentiment might hurt someone like Edwards who already was kind of in that 20 point per game range. I mean, he could truly explode though this season. I think Minnesota, uh, again, you know, since we're talking a little bit about the West, I think Minnesota is going to be a good team this year. Lost some of their depth uh, that they they gave up uh, in that massive Rudy Gobert trade over the summer, but uh top heavy team, a lot of stars have uh, de- their defensive uh, force in the middle and uh, Anthony Edwards, a uh, great scorer, Carl Anthony Towns as well. Yeah, and we'll get into some of those teams in a minute. I want to get your thoughts on, since we're talking about young players, rookie of the year. Um, obviously, I'm from Orlando, so I'm a <laughs> Orlando Magic fan. So Paolo Bancaro is my pick for the award. Definitely no bias involved there at all. Of course. Um, if, you were, if you were betting on maybe a favorite and then kind of a value pick for rookie of the year, who do you have your eye on? Yeah, my... The, my answer is kind of the same. My my value pick and, and my 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 favorite is is Keegan Murray. I think he's gonna walk into a, a Sacramento team that's really fighting very hard to end that uh, postseason streak. Now that the Mariners uh, kind of got got into the playoffs and Sacramento owns that um uh, has to has to hold that that they're the haven't been in the playoffs in 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 years and in, in years. So I think Keegan Murray is going to contribute to winning basketball in Sacramento, which is a phrase that hasn't been said very, very often in the last uh, decade. I, I He filled up the stat sheet uh, last season in, in college, had a really big leap from his freshman to sophomore year. Um, we can talk a little bit about Paolo. I think he's going to have a great uh, rookie season. I really like the Magic front court uh, overall. I think um, – Magic have a lot of good pieces in place. I don't know if it's all going to click uh, this season. I just, 
I think there's a recent sort of trend and I, and I wrote about this in, in a piece a couple of weeks ago that the rookie of the year has kind of become more of a recent winners, I think have contributed a little bit more to winning basketball where in recent years, maybe you would have seen, or, or in the past, maybe you would have seen Cade win last year. He was, he was averaging, you know, close to 18 points a game, great stats. He, he had a great rookie season, but it wasn't as, uh, complete maybe as Scotty Barnes uh, from Florida State sort of contributing to winning basketball, getting the Raptors in a, a top six seed, or even Evan Mobley uh, had some uh, in injuries uh, there. But I, I mean, both of those players were uh, parts of, of teams that made uh, either the play-in or the playoff. So I think that that is going to be the case for Keegan Murray. Um, so I, I also, I mean, I think Benedict Matherin, is, which definitely goes against kind of that prevailing logic that uh, winning basketball uh, and rookie of the year overlap, because I do not think the Pacers were even going to crack 30 wins this season, but I think he, he, he's was awesome at Arizona. He's a great shooter uh, and he could be in a good spot uh, next to uh Tyrese Halliburton. So that's really more of a long shot, but I think the value uh, there's so, just, there's just such a gulf between um, Paolo and kind of the other top five picks, especially because we saw Chet uh, unfortunately get hurt this summer. But I, I think Paolo is the rightful favorite, but I just think the gap in odds uh, between him and some of the other players like uh, Ivy Murray is my pick um, Jabari Smith. Even I, I, I think the value uh, lies with Murray and the Kings. Yeah, it's interesting you bring up Keegan Murray because I've got that story you wrote about like the primer for rookie of the year. And you mentioned in the in the Keegan Murray section, which is obviously you said bet bet Keegan Murray. Um, he may not even be the first or second option on that Kings roster. Do you mm -hmm. think he'll be able to over obviously you do think he'll be able to overcome that enough to win that award? Yeah, yeah. I, I think he's not necessarily a player who needs the ball in his hands like as much to score. I think he can score in the flow of the offense, uh, you know, with Darren Fox kind of running things and alongside Sabonis. So I, I think that a little less will be asked of him early on in the season. And I think he'll be able to adjust to NBA life, um, you know, maybe more uh, a little, a little easier than someone like Paolo, who's walking in with kind of work the world on their shoulders for this magic team that ha again, has some young talent, has, has some guys in place. I really like Franz, but um, yeah, I think, I think a lot is going to be asked of Paolo to start and and maybe he does just walk in and adjust to that um, right, right away. But I think Keegan, there's a little bit more, um, room for error uh, and he can kind of get going uh, as, as the season progresses and, you know, put together a, like a kind of like Scotty Barnes. I mean, that's really just the, the comp I'll, I'll keep putting together, but like a, like a 15, seven and, and, and three or four line. Like I, I like that on a, uh, 41 and 41 Kings team that makes the plan. I mean, I, I, I there's a storyline right there too. And you know, a lot of people talk about like narratives and awards getting the Kings back to the playoffs. I mean, it won't be all on him. Of course, there's other stars and, and good players in Sacramento, but he'll be kind of the, the new addition against a uh, second season uh, there for Sabonis as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like that pick a lot. I think the bias in me wants to say Paulo, but his odds <laughs> are just like, like you said, they're just far and away from everybody else. He's plus 200 on the SI sports book. The next best are Jaden Ivey and Keegan Murray at plus 450. Um, that's just, that's too big of a gap to risk that. I do think the Magic have a lot of young talent. Um, the talk this offseason was from Markel Fultz finally being healthy. Um, maybe Jonathan Isaac is healthy at some point. The health of this roster, maybe Jalen Suggs comes back okay. I think the health of this young roster can determine if they're a 
25 win team or maybe a team on that like 10 11 bubble in the east by the end of the season um so they'll be one to watch kind of shifting more towards the mvp talk you already talked about how Giannis is your pick um who are kind of some value guys though for that award that you have your eyes on yeah i said earlier i like i like tatum and honestly it, it's the field really thins out after you get after the the out past the first like five or so names uh, i i wrote uh anthony davis as kind of a, a long shot uh he had a great uh debut uh of course health like him him and many other players has been an issue for him just kind of staying on the court and i mean if the lakers aren't able to you know, be a play-in or playoff team. I mean, that's really off the table. But I, I think the the MVP race is really crowded at the top. But there's not too many um, long shot players that I like. I mean, you could bet on a guy like John Morant. You mentioned Steph Curry earlier. Um, I've seen uh, a little bit of Zion Williamson buzz, which would be amazing if he if he. I know he has some that uh, would long- fit, that that would fit the whole narrative award. Mm-hmm. It would yeah, comeback player of the year MVP. Pelicans a four C <laughs> that that would that would be something I but again I I just think that um the MVP is probably going to um come from one of those you know top guys that you see in the top uh three or four of the odds I, I also I, I mean not so much of a long shot but Kevin Durant um I think has has a chance you know kind of uh in that like Steph Curry uh like range like you said a, a little guy a little bit older uh later on in his career but has uh kind of a a, a narrative there as well where you know. After that disappointing playoff loss, if he comes back, averages 30 points a game, the Nets are, you know, have the best record in the East. Like, like Kevin Durant will have every bit to do with that. Uh, and and you can see him uh, kind of come out, not not necessarily come out of nowhere, but uh, unseat, you know, Luka Doncic, who I see as the favorite um, at, at, at most places. And uh, yeah, could, could win it. But again, Giannis, I, I think he's coming first, third. <laughs> I agree. I think Giannis should be the guy to beat. Although, I mean, I love watching Luca play basketball. Who doesn't? Um, but Giannis is just a different breed. For the Gator fans out there, Bradley Beal is plus ten thousand odds. If you want to, you want to throw a dollar or two on that, you could. Bradley um, Beal scoring title, Wizards top six in the East. It, it could happen. <laughs> it could happen. Maybe. Probably not. The Wizards Probably not. may not be great this year. Um, <laughs> speaking of teams that may not be great who are maybe one or two before i get your championship predictions who's a team or two that has high expectations coming into this year that you think may uh may struggle a bit yeah i i think the heat might be one of those teams i mean they didn't really add much in the offseason and they lost pj tucker who i think was a, was a, a a key contributor on that team you know maybe not in the in the box score but I think he does a lot of a lot of important things on, on a heat team that really prides itself in being tough I, I don't expect like a precipitous fall off uh, or anything but just because of the way that Eric Spolster is coaching that has coached that team up uh, so well for so long now uh, I the Suns are a team I ended up picking their their over but I think that you can anticipate a fall off uh, from 64 wins just because uh, given, you know, everything that's gone on this off season, uh, the uh, sale or pending sale of the team, uh, DeAndre Ayton, uh, the sort of uh, weird contract situation with him, uh, uh, Jay Crowder kind of asking out. There, there's a lot of moving parts going on in Phoenix. And, and I mean, it kind of feels like maybe this team with Chris Paul a year older, he's still 
uh, great until proven otherwise, but I think it, they could take a step back and a step back for a team that was so good the last two seasons could still mean 50, 51, 52 wins. But uh, I just don't think that they come anywhere close to that, uh, that 64 mark that uh, that really kind of was was shocking last season. So, yeah, those, those are two uh, one in one in each conference that I think uh, might be uh, disappointing and just kind of big picture in, in my um over under um, piece, a lot of teams that were closer to the 25, like basically under 30, I do think with the uh, prize uh, of Victor Wembanyama for whichever team uh, kind of gets wins the lottery and gets that number one pick, maybe it's the magic. Um, <laughs> I, I think a lot of teams will be tanking later in the season, like more tr- just trying to get into, into that lottery um, range rather than pushing for the, the, the plane where it was, it's just crazy because you could be like a team like the Spurs had, had a shot at the, at the plane um, last season. That was, um, you know, in, in previous years it would, it would just be 15 games out of the playoff race. Um, but they, you win two games and you're in, but um yeah, I mean, it makes things interesting because teams could uh, be more teams could be buyers and, and uh, sellers at the deadline with uh, kind of a, a loaded lottery that people are so, so hyped for. Yeah, I mean, if the Magic wanted to only win like 10 games this year and end up with back to back number one picks and pair Paulo and Victor, I wouldn't complain. <laughs> <laughs> a team you didn't mention that I think is really interesting and maybe a team to watch. I don't know if they're in your championship predictions or not. It's the Clippers. I mean, you see um, Kawhi Leonard finally healthy, maybe John Wall coming back from injury. I mean, Paul George, like they have a lot of talent, but just can they stay healthy and can they put it together? I feel like that's kind of the storyline for a lot of these upper echelon teams. Yeah, I, I should have mentioned Kawhi uh, earlier when I when I talked about guys uh, that we're seeing uh, coming back. He's he's kind of the biggest wild card because really last time we saw him, he was like one of the best players players in basketball. I mean, he has that de- deadly mid range shot. He is one of the best defenders in in basketball. Sorry, dog uh, just barged through the door. <laughs> um, I I do really I I like that Clippers team and, I, and I'm in on their on their over. Um, I, I, I believe I, 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 that's where I came down there. They're close. They're close in that, in that 50, um, win range. And it's really just going to uh, come down to how many games Kawhi and Paul George plays, but Ty Lue had that team nearly in, in the play in last season and with really without, uh, either of their stars. Uh, so I, I just really like, um, like, like what they're doing with all that, they have all that length Um, they have some of the best, best depth, I think in all of basketball, you know, I think like your average NBA fan could probably name eight, nine, 10, 10 guys on that roster. They just have a, like a lot of like, like good, solid role players behind two great two-way players who can shoot and, and play awesome defense. And again, uh, have an awesome coach and, and, and Ty Lue. Their, their uh, title odds are up there kind of with Brooklyn, Milwaukee, uh, Golden State, some of those other teams. And I, I, I tend to believe a little bit more in the Clippers than the Nets, which I might be surprising considering the Nets have not necessarily done it, but uh, were, were in, in the playoffs, no, no matter how uh, bad that that, that uh, run ended last season against Boston. But, but the Clippers weren't there and are adding, uh, I, again, like you said, John Wall uh, and uh, Ka- Kawhi Leonard back into the mix. Yeah. And then um, we've been kind of teasing it through the episode, uh, kind of your championship predictions. Who do you think team out of the, so here's what I'm going to do team out of the East team out of the West, and then kind of a sleeper team in each conference. 
And then who is your champion pick? Yeah. So uh, my, my pick uh, to, to win the East is Milwaukee. I've got uh, kind of sticking with the, with the Giannis trend. Uh, They're going to get Middleton and uh, Joe Ingles uh, back uh, halfway through the halfway or some point soon uh, uh, during, during the season. So I really like uh, Milwaukee. And, and again, I think they would have, Made it made it through uh, a season a season ago, and I and I think that they get back um, to the the mountaintop uh, this year. Out west, my pick uh, is, is a little bit of a sleeper. You could uh, find some value. I like the Nuggets. Uh, Jokic uh, is there. Um, Michael Porter Jr. back in the fold. Jamal Murray. I think it's going to take some time for him to get accustomed uh, to you know just playing uh nba basketball again it's been it's been a while but he I, re- I remember seeing him score like 50 points in the bubble like i mean if he can be you know a a, a fraction of that player again and I, and I for his sake i really hope that he can sort of um regain that as the season goes on i, th- I think the nuggets are a team with a lot of depth too and one of the more uniquely kind of unguardable um players in in Jokic who can kind of you know run the run the entire offense uh through him uh so my my my, my pick to um you know of those two is I, I like Milwaukee to to beat Denver. Um I, I I just think that you know it's very, very tough to guard Giannis. This team has done it before. Um uh, they have they have that kind of big three with with uh Middleton, Drew, and, and Giannis. Uh as far as sleepers in the in the east, I, I do like Philadelphia. Um I I like I said, I, I like Maxi as a, a mo- um, most improved um pick. Harden really played well in that debut. And I, I think Philadelphia had one of the best off seasons of, of any team, you know, trade for Deanthe Melton, bring in PJ Tucker, um, you know, Harden getting uh, uh, in shape uh, for the season. I like, I, we can count that as, as an improvement for this team. So um, yeah, Philadelphia, I think they, they have somewhat longer odds. I mean, I think they, they could enter the, the season as, as the one seed. Uh, so they're, they're my uh, sleeper uh, and, uh, in the east and honestly denver my pick is it's kind of a, a sleeper in, in, in its own right so i'll i'll, I'll use them twice <laughs> that's definitely allowed they definitely <laughs> i mean you're right looking at jamal murray he him and tj warren were the two out of the bubble that yeah. was like the tj warren kind of i mean warren more so than murray but that were just like kind of the out of nowhere superstars of the bubble um it'll be very interesting to see how quickly it takes murray to kind of get back into NBA game shape. Um, Kyle, those are all the questions I had for you. Thank you so much, man, for kind of coming on and uh and chopping it up with me about the about the NBA. It was really fun. Of course. Thanks for thanks for having me. Hope some of these uh uh come true. I guess we'll have to check back uh in, in June. <laughs> Absolutely. And then if you want to just uh shout out your socials where people can uh can read your stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you could find me on Twitter at K Kyle Wood. And, uh, I'd love if anyone subscribed to the winner's club newsletter for uh, sports illustrated, you could just find that, uh, um, si.com slash newsletters and, uh, subscribe. And, uh, yeah, again, thanks for having me, Michael. Yeah, absolutely. I'm subscribed to the, uh, to the winner's club. It's awesome. Make sure to check that out. Uh, and yeah, thanks again, Kyle. Yeah. Have a good one. Thanks again to Kyle Wood. Make sure to subscribe to the Winners Club, the newsletter he writes for SI. It's really, really well done, really in-depth, great stuff. Uh, make sure to follow him on Twitter at KKyleWood. Let's get into this upcoming week for Gator Athletics. Uh, Florida football is on a bye week before they head up to Jacksonville for the annual Florida-Georgia game. Um, so a bit of a lighter week. Uh, in terms of in terms of Gator sports, but still a lot going on. 
Men's tennis uh, competes in the ITA regionals up in Tallahassee. Florida soccer plays Vanderbilt 6 p.m. on Thursday, so today, tonight at 6 when you're listening to this. And then they play Alabama on Sunday at 7 p.m. And women's golf will travel across the country to play in the Stanford Intercollegiate. Uh, men's golf will travel not as far down to Windermere, Florida to take part in the Islesworth Collegiate. Uh, men's and women's swimming and diving travel up to Charlottesville to compete against UVA this weekend, while softball, that's right, softball season gets kicked off with a few exhibition games this week. Uh, the Gators will play Jacksonville University at 7 um, tonight, again, when you're listening to this, and FSU, 2 p.m. on Sunday. That's the show. Um, thanks so much for listening. Those of you who, uh, who got this far, really appreciate it. Make sure to follow Alligator Sports, um, The Alligator, read The Alligator, support student journalism, and uh, yeah, we'll see you all next time. The opinions expressed on this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the alligator.